Hello, mamas, Laura here, and today we are chatting all about when newborn sleep gets hard. So we'll discuss catnapping, witching hour, day-night confusion, and overtired babies. Enjoy. Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for Hello, mamas, and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today, we are kicking off with our third episode in the Newborn Life series, discussing all about when our baby sleep goes out of whack and we are pulling our hair out in despair. This episode is episode three of five in this Newborn Life series with the wonderful Jen Butler, our early parenting expert. If you haven't already heard the first two episodes in this series where we chat about the fourth trimester and newborn sleep rhythms, I do strongly encourage you to go back and listen to them before you hit today's episode. Today, we are going to cover when newborn sleep gets hard. And trust me, I have been there sprinting to get things done because you only have a 30 minute nap window, getting frustrated when your baby sleeps all day, but parties all night, wondering if you'll ever cook dinner in peace again. (laughs) Jen is going to hold our hands and walk us through these tricky periods and help us understand how we can support ourselves and our babies better. There is so much amazing goodness coming up in this newborn life series. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. And if you've loved this newborn life series so far and you want to receive access to Jen's bonus sixth episode where we chat about ideal sleep environments, dummies, swaddling, and Jen's famous swaddling technique, you can now watch this all inside my online membership program, The Pregnancy Posse. You can trial it for seven days by visiting thepregnancyposse.com. When you join the Pregnancy Posse, I'll guide you week by week through your pregnancy with safe and fun workouts tailored to your specific week of pregnancy. I also do a weekly Q&A session where I answer questions from our amazing Posse members. There is also a lovely community forum where Posse members all support each other along with plenty of evidence-based resources so that you don't get bogged down with Googling all of your pregnancy symptoms. Now let's get into episode three in this Newborn Life podcast series and chat to the incredible Jen Butler about how to best manage these tricky newborn sleep situations. Let's talk about witching hour. Can you give us some advice maybe on how women can manage this or why witching hour always occurs or how long does it last for? Will it be around forever? (laughs) Great question. No, yes and no. Like I would still say that my boys are a little bit witching hourly between five and yes. seven and they're three and five. And that's just simply because they're getting tired. So they're getting a bit stroppy, but magnify that by, you know, 50 when you've got a newborn baby who's adjusting to this new super stimulating, exciting world. So that's when they can get really, really, you know, overstimulated, tired. So it's almost like though they're tired, but also they tend not to want to settle too well. My biggest tip, baby wear. Either prepare to sit down and cuddle your baby and offer the breast. This is the time too they usually want to cluster feed and this is the time guaranteed that you will doubt your supply and you'll say, my baby's hungry. I don't have enough breast milk. No, your baby's overstimulated and they are wanting to feed often because it's a place of comfort. It's helping to build your supply and they're stocking up on all the beautiful fat-rich milk. So never doubt your supply when your baby does just want to spend their time on the breast because it's also just a super soothing place for them. 
Um, so if, you know, you can also offer a dummy in this instance to help calm them, but baby wearing and just understanding that this is the time they need to be like skin to skin. That's the other thing I'll say is strip down and get your baby on your skin because even just that extra, like not even just between clothes, like actual skin to skin has an extra therapeutic benefit to all of this. So it's a time to not be focusing on chopping carrots. Yes, carrots. <laughs> Damn you, carrots. Chop yourself. They're so hard to chop one-handed oh, as well. Oh, yeah. I've tried it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's great advice. I think that's really, really good advice, yeah. and especially the advice around I know a lot of women struggle with um, second-guessing their milk supply and mm. struggle with cost of feeding and feeling like they're not getting enough. But that's really good to know that – they're actually there for a purpose. They're trying to self-soothe. It's got nothing to do with your milk supply necessarily, but that's just what they need at that time. Yeah. Um, let's talk catnapping because mm. I know, Yeah. God, this has been the bane of my existence for the last two and a half years, but that's another common hurdle that a lot of mums will experience. So tell me what you know about catnapping. What age is it considered maybe normal um why do kids nap for 20 minutes (laughs) yeah and this is a great question and to actually give it justice i'm going to define what the true definition of catnapping is at various ages because Mm -hmm. like a baby between the age of zero to six months their full sleep cycle is usually around 40 to 50 minutes Mm -hmm. on average so the thing is is that if your young baby has 40 minutes Yes, it's a short nap and in an ideal world and what the books tell us is that we want them to have an hour and a half to two hours, but young babies before six months spend 50% in light sleep and 50% in deep sleep. So this is why catnapping is so common in the first six months. If I had a mum with a six-month-old come to me and say that their baby was catnapping beyond six months, then I would be like, all right, there's something awry, there's something going on that's causing these short naps. Whereas if a mum before six months says to me, my baby sleeps for 40 minutes at a time, whilst it's very frustrating that you've just got them down and then 40 minutes later they're up again, it's actually quite developmentally normal. Now, I work with lots of families around catnapping though because even though there is a very much developmental aspect to it that's normal, there's lots that we can do. So things like making sure we're not having an overtired baby. Overtired babies are the common cause for catnapping. But just to confuse you, so is an undertired baby. So timing sleep is crucial. Um, Environmental stuff, making sure the environment's on point for, you know, conducive sleep. That's a huge part of the catnapping, you know, um, helping to prevent the short naps. We will definitely talk about that later because I think environments are really It's a big one. Absolutely. It's a big one. Um, and yeah, like understand that development, things like, you know, this is where the influence of feeding, like hungry babies will only have short naps. Um, just all that, like all these sorts of areas, this is the stuff that I dive deep into when I work one-on-one with families is, all right, let's talk about your feeding. How's feeding going? You know, um, how's breastfeeding going? What can we do to make sure that this isn't an element? And when all is said and done, this is the perfect example of this is what's in our control. So let's say it's environment, making sure they have a full tummy, all of these sorts of things. What's out of our control is a developmental thing. So we can do everything right and then you can still have 40 mm. minutes sleeps. But that's why there's got to be a piece about it that, okay, I'm doing what I can and then there's this part that 
age will solve everything, you know? Yes. So, yeah. I think that's the ultimate in surrender. It's not beating yourself up because you're doing all the right things and your baby still won't sleep. It's just going, you know what? I've armed myself with the right education. I know I'm doing all within my power and the rest I need to surrender to. Exactly. And I tell you what, there is one pro of catnapping and that is, well, for me anyway, I have become so effective in 45-minute chunks. It is unbelievable. What's that um, pom, Pomdoro or Pomdero <laughs> method where you set a timer for 25 minutes and you do everything you can and then you have oh, a break? Oh, yes. It's ultimately yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that is why mothers become so efficient. Like I, I can get washing on, dinner cooked, mm. work done, so much done in 45 i call it a sprint 45 yeah. minute sprint and then if my baby sleeps longer it's all like borrowed time i'm like woohoo i've got an hour today an extra 15 minutes exactly you're like cuppa so, i'm gonna chill now yeah. i've got my jobs done <laughs> it's incredible yeah, so i think it's all around expectations as well if you expect they're only going to sleep for a short amount of time you're not as disappointed exactly if you go in there thinking your baby should i mm-hmm. do that again in should sleep for yes three hours you're going to be so disappointed every time they wake up at 45 minutes so i think that's great advice jen as always you are an oracle when it comes to this sort of advice now the last hurdle i wanted to talk about because this can be very common in the super early days is day night confusion so can you Mm. talk to us about newborns and why and how they get their days and nights confused yeah and the best way i can like i'll always say to a mum Tell me about what your, when your baby was most active, when they were in your tummy. And almost every single mum will say, oh, it's as soon as I lay down to go to sleep. And it's because ultimately what you do all day is rock your baby to sleep. When you're hustling around, working, doing your thing, like you are rocking your baby. And so then finally the motion stops and they wake up and they're like, party time, let's kick, let's be active. And so that's what I was talking about before with that jet lag where babies will actually kind of have a delayed like time where they want to settle to sleep they're used to being nocturnal kind of where they sleep a lot during the day and they're a little bit more wakeful at night like that's when they start to be more active because yeah that rocking isn't happening anymore so it takes time for them to then flip their days and that's why it's like jet lag it's like they've been over in the uk for and for any of the your uk (laughs) listeners for them it's the opposite it's been in australia (laughs) So, you know, the other side of the world and it's that time to adjust to the circadian rhythm that we have, the day-night patterns. And usually, as a, as a general rule, give it about six weeks. Like four to six weeks is usually how long it will take where you do then notice and then it flips on its head and instead of your baby being so sleepy during the day, having these glorious, you know, one to two hour day naps so beyond. It's transportable when they... Um, I know, 100%. And you can take them anywhere when they're young. Chuck them in the carrier, chuck them in the... Um, I always forget, what's the... I cannot... Capsule, that's the word. Keep forgetting capsule, the name yes, of capsules. Yeah. But that's right, like embrace it because it changes and then they're far more wakeful and... And then the catnapping starts. So it's sort of like every age, different challenge. So it's just about like you mentioned before, Laura, expectations, realistic expectations, or I should say unrealistic expectations is the thief of joy. Um, Mm, Because if you, if you go in expecting one thing and they're not doing that, that will, your mindset will be robbed of like, you just think there's, it's everything wrong with your baby rather than them just being so very normal. Correct. Mm. And I think um, 
comparison comes into that oh, as well. Definitely. I I even know myself. So I was just saying to you before the show, my second child, Pia. Oh, she she can be hard work with her sleeping, and I feel like I've done all the right things. Um, and I'm sort of just learning now to just accept that it's a phase in life and that I'm not doing anything wrong as such. And I did find myself, um, I, I just happen to have friends who have amazing sleepers, sleep 12 hours a night, doesn't matter what their daytime routine is, they'll nap on the fly here, there and everywhere and still sleep overnight. Whereas here I am feeling like I'm caged up inside doing all the right things. And I found myself slipping into comparing Pia to other kids and feeling like, what am I doing wrong that my child is broken and won't sleep? And I can see how that becomes a very negative spiral for mums and not just for sleep, but for development. And I know so many mums worry that their child isn't crawling like all the other mother's group babies. And I just had to really check myself, stay in my own lane, remind myself that there is nothing wrong with my child. She is more spirited. She doesn't like sleep as much as other kids. And this too shall pass, which is a big mantra of mine when it comes to motherhood. And I think I just wanted to remind anyone listening to this that it's so important to stay in your own lane when it comes to motherhood. Your child is not broken. There is nothing wrong with you. You're not doing the wrong thing. Your child is different and they're unique. And those unique qualities is what's going to make them such an amazing human mm-hmm. being. But for the moment, that's also why they're different to the 12 hour sleeper next door. So I was that's saying, just my personal oh, advice. And I, I agree. Like, I, I was saying to Laura before we started recording that I, I'm literally a sleep consultant. Every day, my second son, Ted, challenges us with a new challenge. And I'm lucky I know what I know so I can handle it. But it, it te- like, I could talk solely an episode on temperament and personality because yeah. it cha- like oh there's just there's so much that will influence your baby and how things go. One hundred percent, yes. And look, I think that's probably. Um, that gives all the women listening a really good basis now, I think, of how to establish good rhythms with mm. sleeping, what to expect realistically in that fourth trimester. Um, I think that's going to really give women confidence now to walk into motherhood with just some really practical things to look out for with tired signs and to be mindful of with settling. So thank you, Jen. I think that's such a brilliant start. Hey, mamas, Laura here. Gosh, I really loved this episode. I remember all too well how lonely I felt when my first baby was a chronic catnapper and I wish I had have had Jen's soothing voice in my ears to tell me how to best manage this and to reassure me that my baby isn't broken and that for a lot of little babies, this can be a very normal developmental process. Now, Jen's quote about unrealistic expectations are the thief of joy really hit home for me. And I hope it resonated with you too, because this is so damn true, not only for newborn sleep patterns, but for motherhood in general. I hope this podcast helped you normalize these common newborn sleep patterns so that if you experience this when you are a mum, that you won't feel so alone. Now, if you'd like to learn more from Jen, you can find her on Instagram at Jen Butler Early Parenting, and she also has a wonderful podcast that you can check out too. I'd love to hear from you over on my socials at PhysioLaura and let me know your favorite learnings from this episode. In the next few episodes of this newborn life series, we will be chatting with Jen about her approach to sleep education and the stigma surrounding sleep training, as well as including partners and siblings in caring for your new baby. 
If you haven't already, just subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so that you don't miss our upcoming episodes in this incredible newborn life series. Now, if you love today's episode and you want to get into all of the last few episodes in this newborn life series, you can find this entire podcast series along with all our other podcast series live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. For most series of the podcast, we also record exclusive bonus content, exclusive for members only. So in this bonus member only episode for the newborn life series, Jen answers a bunch of member questions and visually demonstrates her famous swaddling technique. Inside the Pregnancy Posse, you'll also find weekly guided safe and effective pregnancy workouts, an extensive resources library with yoga, meditation, and how to best manage all sorts of aches and pains, plus a wonderful community forum and weekly Q&A with myself. Now, I'd love to help you have a wonderful pregnancy, birth, and postnatal journey, so please just visit thepregnancyposse.com if you'd like to learn more. I will catch you soon for episode four in this five-part newborn life series where we'll talk about sleep education and why Jen prefers that approach rather than sleep training. Until then, mamas, sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes and enjoy this incredible journey that is pregnancy.